fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try Hey everybody, and welcome to big episode number 115 of the fourth season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good folks at the Roto Street Journal, the Fantasy Fullback Dive, paving your way to fantasy excellence. We are going to be your lead blocker on this journey that you have no doubt started with us at the beginning of the season, maybe like three, four years ago even. If you've been with us for that long, you know, you're a diehard, you're with us no matter what. And hopefully we gave you some good advice last week because there was definitely some good advice and a little bit of bad advice being kicked around. I, of course, am your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. Wolf, how is it hanging? Hey, everything's hanging well. Got the long weekend on the docket, which is coming at the perfect time right now. Cannot wait for that. Uh, But even better because we have a live event, our first of the 2019 season. Shockingly, not at the Bucka Rib home of Fibber McGee's. That's coming in in November, November 11th. We already have it on the map. But this time we're testing out a new brewery. Just opened this year in Beverly. The only brewery we could find Red Zone at. That's Old Planners uh, Brewing in Beverly. Unbelievable beer selection there. I've been going for the last few weeks to watch red zone and just toss it out there and they're they're in they're down so anybody local in that north shore area and if you're a local listener you know lane clegg in australia make sure you get your ass down to old planners it's going to be a great time starting at 12 to 1 we'll have our usual facebook live broadcast a little bit later like 11 30 leading into that and we'll still do the show on facebook live while we're there so we're not going to abandon you faithfuls on facebook for the fantasy tailgate but we're gonna actually have a live tailgate where we're boozing it up having a great red zone day patreon are going to smash the Giants tomorrow night. Uh, it's just going to be a great weekend of football. Can't wait for it. I don't know. I mean, the, the Giants are looking pretty strong with Saquon and Evan Ingram <laughs> and Wayne Gallman. I mean, they're all healthy, right? Right. Starling Shepard's looking so like a Shepard, too. He's, he's a, a, a wait. They're all out. Anyway, uh, exactly. yeah, it's going to be rough. They should probably just start Eli Manning <laughs> during that game just to give Danny oh, Jones. But you don't want to do that to poor Danny Dimes. Anyway, yeah, the, so big, big event. Speaking of Link Clegg, by the way, we're in a new podcasting site, and I was checking out our uh, you know, downloads by country, and obviously, you know, we're dominated by American viewers, but after that, the Australians are, are the ones that are bringing the heat. That is our second largest it. demographic, so <laughs> I don't know incredible. how many of those are Link Clegg and his friends, but keep it coming. Uh, spread the word, guys. We That's appreciate incredible. your business. And I, I still always, you know, when people ask me, how's the site going and whatnot, my favorite story to tell, my I still consider one of the biggest pinpoints of our success was the fact that Link Clegg, you know, said he found a bunch of different podcasts, but ours was the one that really resonated. And after listening to us for a season, it motivated him and his buddies to do a road trip across America, visit a bunch of stadiums, go to a bunch of games, <laughs> ended awesome. up chugging a beer with Travis Kelsey on their trip too, which just makes it even that much better. And the guy actually shockingly can chug a beer. You wouldn't think that for real, Travis Kelsey, but still, you know, that's one of my favorite stories of all time. Like, how much better? I don't care, you know, money, anything like that. The fact that we were found in Australia, nonetheless motivated people to come out here and see football stadiums and have a great time just blows my mind. And, and I still tell everyone that story to this day when they ask, you know, how do you define your success? Stuff like that just, you know, is the best. We got to get him on the podcast someday. And, and that is a great way to define success, although we also enjoy the money. 
The money's great too. Yes, and I we'll don't have plenty want of anybody that was planning on throwing some money our way and then heard you say that and was like, "Well, I guess they don't need money. Just <laughs> you know, keep your wallet out." We come actually, visit us or throw us money. Either right. one works too. Yeah, we're gonna get the Patreon page. We, we have heard a lot of great things, and I think it's about time we might get something set up. But we still love giving our best advice oh, for yeah. free, no matter what happens. We always will. So we always will. Um, and for those of you that have been here since the beginning, uh, enjoy getting it free while you can. Okay. All right. Uh, so the old planners event is going to be a big deal. Hope you guys can check it out. I'm not going to be there because I'm running a basketball clinic. Uh, dad. Yeah. For, dad. But anyway, call the maybe dad in calls November. from the rafters. Maybe in November. Did you uh, – before we get into the good stuff, did yeah. you hate cut anybody? Our good old podcast buddy, uh, Nate Shaw, used to help produce I things would, with – was watching our Instagram videos, and he told me his new favorite segment of ours is the hate cuts. I don't know if you even have Instagram as a dad. I have but... Instagram. I yes, don't okay. often go oh, on it, but I have guy. it. I looked at the faces. I have oh, it. I have it. Oh. Yeah, I kissed a bunch of girls in middle school and got mono, and then I had Instagram. My, I'm my girlfriend lives in Canada. You've never met her, and you never will because <laughs> she's in Canada. Um, see, this is uh, the one yeah. thing that at least you guys know I'm not lying about having a girlfriend slash wife. I, unlike the rest of you losers, I can actually prove that you know I've been with a woman. <laughs> she exists. Um, it's true. I've met her. She's a, she's a wonderful yeah, woman. But did you? Uh, the reason I brought Nate up was he loves yeah, the so, hate cut okay, segment. So, so anyway, I wanted, oh, did you hate cut anybody? If I could hate cut somebody, it would probably be myself. Because I'm awful at fantasy football. I'm like the. Well, let's you know, not do that. Keep those wrists clean, sir. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I wouldn't do it like that. I'd, I would definitely oh. do it with pharmaceuticals. Anyway, oh, um, you know that's that. By no why, means why am I speaking for the yourself? for the company when I say that. No, I'm just terrible. I mean, I you know my teams on paper are good, but in in principle we're just awful. I did not hate cut anybody because my teams actually look like they're okay. Uh, I just can't beat anybody. It doesn't matter. I'm favored against pretty much everybody every week, and I lose. You know, I put up 155 in a game this week and lost by 30. You know, I, I went against, you know, I, you know, it's like, you know, I went against, it was a close game going into the night game. And I was like, all right, as long as Aaron Jones doesn't do much, I'll have a yep. fight and chance. And it's like, yeah, you know, four touchdowns later, I was, you know. Yeah considering Brutal. doing terrible things to myself. So no, I didn't hate cut anybody. It was really more that other people blew up on me as opposed yeah. to like, my guy's not doing anything. I mean, like Deandre Hopkins isn't doing much, but it's like, you know, he'll come around. I'm not like, the particularly. I'm yeah. not worried about who's going to really sell the guy low though. Everybody's nah. like, Oh, like Will Fuller by big. It's like, yeah, man, I don't know. Like it's good. That's going to even out. I feel like Will Fuller is, you know, obviously he's not going to get better than, than he is no. right now, you know? Absolutely not. And that's huge for Hopkins to have full like that. And you said, who's going to sell Hopkins low? I mean, Taylor, our our guy that helps out with video, sent me today. He was able to pawn off Joe Mixon and Tyrell Williams to get DeAndre Hopkins, which was the ultimate of, yeah, exactly, right? Like held the guy down and destroyed him in that trade. Oh, my God. That's like a Des Bryant boning from like the other room that we used to talk about. Exactly. Yeah, Alan Hearns might even be making an appearance. Walking behind a potted plant. Right, exactly. So it was, you know, it, it's out there. It could potentially happen. We we posted the question. The reason I, you know, wanted to lead off with hate cuts is one, I find him hilarious. I did you hate, hate cut, cut anyone? I, I hate cut Cam Newton like two weeks ago. That's a great. That was a great one a few weeks ago. I did hate cut Tyler Eifert. I don't know how much that 
counts because he's just a shit bum anyways that should yeah. never have touched my lineup. He but I mean, there was certainly hate in the soul while I released him. So I guess it's a hate. Did cut. you have, OJ, did you have OJ Howard in any league? So I, I hate cut him in okay, my good. Uh, I mean, you cross got league. To. Got him posted on a, a bunch of we, we asked the, you know, the IG viewers who have you hate cut. We actually got a few people responding to Odell Beckham and Mike Evans, which to me is like they're so well, talented. That's, a, that's, that's insane. Extreme. You can't hate cut those guys. Some insane hate if you're going to cut those guys. But I mean, at this point, you know, you got to hold on talents like that no matter what so well, and i mean Evan, evans has had like a 40 point game this year it's it's, yeah. it's not like he you know he had a nothing game last week but i don't know that's stupid yeah, still, but i still appreciate the interaction with the ig account I, I love it yeah good for you guys i find it hilarious i would find it even funnier if people want to you know send in your hate cut videos when you make them uh we'll be obviously willing to share them the audio whatever we haven't had speak pipe going in a while let's get that going send us your wines your hate cuts all that good stuff we love it yeah, definitely. All right, we're going to get into a, a jam-packed trainer's room, then we're going to go higher, lower, Hail Mary, and then we'll hit the mailbag. And then hopefully we'll be done so we can watch episode three of Survivor coming on in 42 minutes right now. And uh, you know, hopefully we're going to have a podcast at some point where I can just rail on about this because I have a lot to say on this subject. But for now, as we stick with fantasy football exclusively, which is another love of all of ours, Giants' entire offense is in the trainer's room. Now, we alluded to this earlier. Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Wayne Gallman, all of them are out for week six. Luckily, they're not going to need them. They're only playing, uh, let me check. Oh, the Patriots. Oh, okay. This is actually going to be a bit of an issue. Now, healthy, I would have liked the Patriots by right around two touchdowns. But if you had told me it was going to be four touchdowns, I wouldn't be utterly shocked. Without these guys in... I just don't know what's possibly going to happen. I honestly would probably sit Daniel Jones. I would just concede. I'd throw up the white flag, and I would just say, okay, let's, we're not going to play this game. Refunds to all the people holding tickets. Goodbye. I don't know. What are your it's, thoughts? It's going to also be a monsoon, too, which is just like, what the hell are we doing here? I, I hate all of it. The That's only actually bad legit- for the Patriots, too. Like they don't have exactly. they, What are they going to gain by doing this? Exactly. Going out in a, they're calling it a nor'easter right too. now yeah. on Thursday night. I've, I've had so many people text me, hey, you want any Patriots tickets this week? Like, like no, nobody you know wants I'm, to go to this I'm good. shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm OK. <laughs> exactly right. Like I, I had two tickets and w- wish I could give them away type of thing right now is going on here. Uh, but ultimately, you know, is anyone going to be valuable for the Giants? Probably not. If one person would be, it'd be Golden Tate. But with no weapons around him, I mean, it's like the Patriots literally the have Patriots one guy to stop this. Defense is phenomenal. I mean, and they're so phenomenal. Like they would have stopped these guys even if everyone was healthy. So it's horrible. It's hideous. Uh, in terms of the Patriots, you know, this the only risk here now is obviously one, the defense is is the elite play of the week. Like they're going to probably have a 30 point day in this weather in the, against this type of awful offense. But the risk now becomes, you know, do they abandon the pass completely? Is Brady going to even throw a ball this week? You know, why would the Patriots, just as you said, don't risk Daniel Jones. I could totally see the Patriots sitting a ton of these guys in the second half. If it gets out of hand, although, you know, Bill, he like loves the situational football and, He's going to want these. You know, Brady's going to be up by 30. Brady's going to be going on like the last drive of the game. Uh, but ultimately, it's just going to probably be hideous all over the field. Uh, you know, I can't see this being even close to a contest. And that makes even your Patriots now riskier well, and, because of how bad. And talking about the up. Patriots, Dorsett with his hamstring issue is not going to play week six. Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon, both questionable. So, I mean, there's already some guys maybe uh, straddling the fence as far as whether they're going to get in this game. What do you think? I mean, I assume Edelman and Gordon will play. 
Yeah, they're going to play, it seems like, especially they both played last week and nothing new really popped up. Out of the guys, I mean, only Edelman. We got this as a mailbag question later. Edelman's really the only weapon in such bad weather that I would truly trust in this passing game. And we'll, pre, you know, just a sneak peek, Josh Gordon is my lower wide receiver of the week. Everyone seems to love him, and I get it. They're giving up the second most points to wide receivers. The Giants are. But with that type of weather in this type of blowout that we expect, I don't really want any of them in my lineup. You know, earlier in the week, I was recommending Jacoby Myers as a, a hail. Mary type of stream if you were desperate but in this weather despite the fact that door sets out I really can't trust any passing game weapons outside of Julian Edelman I am with you on that I mean uh so going to the Chiefs who by the way dropped to the Colts I mean you know this game coming up before we even get into the players yeah versus Mahomes I mean this could be fireworks central yeah it could be I hope it is I hope it's one of those that leads I there's nothing that drives me crazier than a game that's supposed to be awesome and then isn't but I'm I'm keeping my fingers I mean you know Mahomes is pretty much always electric Watson I would say is usually electric. He's got a lot to, I mean, put up, jot up 55 points or something last week, whatever. Yep. These guys, you know, these are going to be fun to watch. I hope that, I hope it delivers. Tyreek Hill was a limited participant at practice. Obviously he got hurt in week one. We haven't seen him since. Sammy Watkins, due to his hamstring, is not practicing. Um, I actually made an offer to a guy in my league for Tyreek Hill recently. I what'd you, what'd to, you toss to, out there? I offered him James Conner a couple weeks ago. Um, I mean, he he didn't he didn't bite, but I mean, I noticed Jalen Samuels is not on your injury report. He's out for a month. Um, yeah, we, I think that right, actually that, I mean, that that increases Connor's value substantially. I mean, I, I don't know if I would have done the hill move if I were this guy. The guy's struggling a little bit, so I figured I'd at least see if he bit. You know, I think it's a worthwhile offer. But as you mentioned, with Jay, we should talk about Jalen Samuels. So why don't we just quickly lead All off right, with that? He's going to be out a month, as you said. So James Connor's value, even though you know we've been saying sell high, sell high, sell high, and I still don't hate that, especially now that you have some more positive buzz around him. The fact of the matter is, this guy's going to be a true genuine workhorse, whereas Jalen Samuels was a, a bigger threat to the, the receiving game usage, yep. the wildcat offense we were seeing. Benny Snell is strictly a handcuff, strictly a plodding talent. So James Conner, as long as he's healthy, and that's a big risk for this guy. We see him kind of getting dinged up each and every week, but playing through it. Uh, the guy is now locked into that 20-plus touch role without Jalen Samuels nipping at his heels. So his value did go up, but I also might use that still as a, a way to sell oh, high, sure. that, if I mean, possible. I'm trying to get out uh, from under that guy big time. Right. Um, with, with the quarterback situation as ugly as it is yeah, that offense just now, you know, right yeah down to their third string which is just horrendous um but now to the chiefs weapons you know yeah. as you said hill in potentially limited but come kind of come down to a game time decision Watkins leaning towards out it seems hasn't practiced yet this week after getting knocked out of the game last week if hill plays he's obviously a no-brainer i've seen him ranked pretty low on the ecr imagine that then ends up uh tilting back to his favor but it has to be a top five play almost every single week but especially in a week against the team giving up the third most points to wide receivers in a shootout style game i think hill could just step right in get right back to 152 yeah, td form so right off the bat uh especially again with sammy Watkins, if he's out there you know not playing too even more volume for hill now who behind them could you rely on i mean it used to be demarcus robinson then this week a creature pops out of the sewer named pringle byron 
Pringle, whatever the fuck that thing is, has nine targets, 100 yards, and a TD. I mean, that he got grave reviews all preseason. I remember just laughing, like, haha, guy named Pringle, grave reviews, good, good one. That's going to be a thing. And then he ends up being a thing last week. Yeah. It seems like Demarcus Robinson and him have kind of switched roles. McCole Hardman maintaining that like third wide receiver role. So still available in 91% of leagues, Byron Pringle. I would be stashing him, especially if I needed a wide receiver, and especially if I owned Sammy Watkins and was planning on using him because if Watkins sits, Byron Pringle is definitely a, a plug-and-play streamer that I, I think you could definitely throw in there. I've heard some scary-ish rumors, completely unsubstantiated, but I've heard it mentioned in one or two articles. Uh, I've heard A.J. Green's name connected with both the Chiefs and the Patriots. Yep, and the Saints, too. Oh, a, Jesus. It's another team I've seen him link to. It's like all the high-powered offenses. Imagine I'm, that. Uh, I mean, the Patriots seem like the obvious destination to me. I know. And it seems like an obvious sell, too. Antonio I mean, Brown, but not a crazy motherfucker. Absolutely not. I would I would come myself because I've been hanging on to A.J. Green in pretty much every league at this point, And I would love nothing more than to see him leave the Bengals. Oh, I'm sure that he would also Especially love nothing Patriots. more than to see himself leave the Bengals. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. Oh, that'd, yeah. Be, that'd be incredible. That would be nice. Although he and Andy Dalton actually seem to be friends, like pretty good yeah. buddies. Maybe maybe yeah. bring Andy on as a backup for Brady. There's rumors he's going to be on the trade block and Eifert too. So, I mean, if you're the Look, Bengals, there's plenty of teams that, that would be improving themselves picking up Andy Dalton as much as we love to give the guy shit. Like the Bears, like fuck Mitch Trubisky, oh, give me, give him Andy Dalton. Absolutely, the Bears. Yep. The, I mean, God, the, the Bears. Bears are so fucking awful. I heard another <laughs> quarterback rumored with the Bears too, and when I remember him, I'll I'll jump in and I'll let you know. Because oh, uh, Josh Rosen. Somebody said the Bears should get Josh Rosen. They're like, yeah, he's yep. freaking better than Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Right, seriously. Yeah. Um, all right, Chris Herndon, due to his hamstring, a lot of hamstring issues this week. He's not mm-hmm. practicing on Wednesday. Adam Gase said that Herndon pulled it while running roots on his own last Friday. That's why you should never run roots on your own, kids. Um, uh, yeah. He seems doubtful for week six's game against the Cowboys. The guy's actually made a little bit of a splash this year, huh? I, I It's so frustrating because you've been sitting here waiting for him to return know, for right? the last six weeks. Darnold finally comes back to and you're like, all right, this tight end I've been just stashing here is finally going to come into my lineup and give me a, a resurgence I need. And then he runs routes on his own and pulls his hamstring. What a motherfucker. I've, I've been hate cutting. I, speaking of hate cuts, I hate cut him in a few leagues just because oh, he's sure. a fucking moron to do that. Uh, ideally, maybe you got like Gerald Everett still sitting there on your waiver wire. That's thankfully who I also had stashed uh, and I love what he can do. But yeah, you're going to need another plan if you had Herndon going. We got some questions. You know, I had Evan Ingram. I had Herndon. Now where the fuck do I look? I mean, no offense. We'll talk about t- t- tight end streams and whatnot in a little bit. But man, it's just frustrating to be waiting on a guy that I think still has some nice up upside season long but who knows when he's going to get back on the field at this point i'm not going all in on anybody on the jets i don't give a shit like what's going on i mean what do you think of <laughs> robbie anderson who you're so high on and who i it's not even like i thought you were like crazy i mean i i agree i thought he was a great i mean he seems like he just i mean are we waiting on darnold to come back to see basically mm-hmm. we just like yep, saying I- okay this last few weeks like we can't really judge anything by that I'm glad you asked, and, and I I don't I haven't read Keegs' article yet, but I know we talked a lot. He does the buy low, sell high, yeah. and when we talked, and he asked me, you know, who would I consider? I said all the Jets, especially Le'Veon Bell, are my ultimate buy lows right now. We can't judge anything. One, they face a bunch of tough defenses early on in those first four weeks, but obviously Sam Darnold not having their their quarterback in there, and then you know Adam Gase being just a complete moron with his practice reps is going to hurt this team. Now, ultimately, is Adam Gase just going to be a thorn in everyone's side? 
no matter who's at QB. That's definitely a possibility. But ultimately, you know, the way they were moving the ball this preseason, Darnold really looked like he took that next step. They were using tons of no huddle. So I also wouldn't be shocked to see this offense take a complete 180, especially guys like Robbie Anderson, who has had that great rapport with Darnold when he was the wide receiver three to close out last year. We've seen, you know, Jamison Crowder get 17 targets in week one when Darnold was there. Le'Veon yeah. Bell had 20 fantasy points in week one when Darnold was there and still had, you know, 16, 12, and 8 when Darnold was out. And that was against some of the toughest defenses in the league with no other threat there. So of all of them, you know, Darnold returning plus their schedule. If you look at the matchup calendar, one of my favorite tools out there for fantasy pros, their schedule for the next, you know, eight weeks is almost all bottom six defenses. So okay. you know, outside of facing the Patriots one time, that schedule is going to really lighten up. I'm all about buying low on every single jet, uh, but none more so than Le'Veon Bell. All right. That's actually some good advice. I was going to ask you about Bell, and I think I agree with your take on that. We're going to be talking about him a little bit, too. All right. TJ Hawkinson. He remains in the league's concussion protocol. This guy has been a little bit of a surprise this year. You know, I actually heard you talking a little bit about this guy preseason, Mm -hmm. but he's actually turned out pretty good. The lines have been a bit of a surprise uh, in the right direction. Um, Anyway, he's still in concussion protocol. Seems pretty unlikely he's going to be playing this week, right? Yep, seems likely to sit yet another one, although he is participating in practice. There's only so much you can do when you're in protocol, obviously, but there is a slight chance he does get cleared. Uh, they're, they're labeling him day to day. The Lions are. The bad news is the Green Bay Packers give up the 27th most fantasy points to tight end, so very low, uh, very defending the position very, very well here. So even if he does end up shaking this uh, concussion off at less than 100% and gets one of the tougher defenses against tight ends, I'm probably sitting him this week, but still worth a stash because we seen some real athleticism out of this guy this year dude i know i know you love to hate on aaron Rodgers. dangerous guy with a good running game i mean oh yeah you know you gotta you gotta at least be a little concerned about that if you're not a packers fan as much as i hate aaron Rodgers, and i do genuinely to the the every essence of my core think he's the biggest fucking loser teammate of all time he made a comment this week where you know they were like are you worried about your stats that after this run game's exploding you just your numbers aren't where they usually are and he did actually genuinely say you know what at this point i've racked up all the stats i ever need i care about winning the whole thing and if this is what it is then this is what it is and I, i'm all about it so i like that comment one for aaron jones's value moving forward it's not going to be a shit storm of aaron Rodgers bitching i need my touchdowns and whatnot uh and ultimately, as you say, as a play-action passer, this, this offense could start to get dangerous with Aaron Jones firmly establishing Devontae himself. Devontae Adams comes out. You saw what Devontae Adams was doing before he got hurt. Oh, and it was against the Eagles, granted, but yes, that yeah, guy is Yeah, but still, is, I mean, he just looked amazing. He looked like he was like just better than everyone else on the field, which maybe he was. I- out of the NFC teams, I mean, there's the Packers. I really like the 49ers. I don't know if you think they're for real. And the Saints. I, I, I don't know, don't know what I think there. about the 49ers. I just don't yeah. know. I mean, I think the Saints, yeah. in my opinion, are eh, maybe the Packers. I don't know. I think the Saints are real good still. Yeah. And I mean, you know. comes back. Yeah. I mean, Teddy Big Dick is like getting and it Teddy done. Teddy Big Dick's getting it done. He is yeah. getting it done. Uh, Mike, Mike Thomas, <laughs> I wrote a stock report for him today. Uh, matchup proof. Oh, nice. Seriously, I mean, I mean, and, and quarterback matchup proof, proof, matchup proof. I mean, come on, guys. It's like Hopkins of a couple of years ago, where it's like doesn't matter. He's getting you a touchdown in a hundred, like almost every single week. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he's amazing. All right, speaking of amazing, Christian McCaffrey did not practice on Wednesday due to back issues. Speaking of guys just blowing the fuck up, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm going to get these stats wrong. 
But basically, the Ladanian Tom- Tomlinson fantasy season, the legendary one, like, you know, the one yep. the greatest fantasy season 32 of all touchdowns. Time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, McCaffrey's, like, substantially ahead of his pace. Like, in- at that, insanity. Like, 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 not even, like, oh, he's edging. I mean, he's, like, a lot ahead of it right now. Mm-hmm. Something like, uh, what, however many total yards of offense, I forget what the arbitrary number, 180, 190, something like that. Um, I feel like no one's ever had more than, like, six in a season. I think he has four. Yeah. Now in five it, weeks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 175 yard total yards. I saw that stats. It's absolutely insanity. And it's funny you bring up Ladanian Tomlinson because his coordinator during those days was none other than Norv Turner, who's there the coordinator go. for Christian McCaffrey, a comparison we drew last year. Yeah. And remember, we mockingly laughed at them when they're like, we're going to feed him, you know, 25, 30 times a game. Ha 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 ha. And we're like, yeah, there's no way that ever happens. They are. They're clearly well, giving him every single touch. Uh, and we eventually corrected that once we saw Last year, it we didn't buy in. Remember, he was like our biggest Until 180 of anybody. We, we saw exactly. it, and then we were like, okay, we got to fix it. Now, last year, I didn't buy in. Even once the season started, I didn't buy in like full-fledged, like this is like the top guy. Now, this year, he would have been my number one pick overall. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like, I, yep, you've said that for you a know, while. I definitely would have taken him just because of the passing game and stuff. And, you know, that would have been one of the rare things this year I would have actually been correct on. But my <laughs> gosh, I mean, his numbers, he's just blowing up completely. Um, you know, it honestly, I mean, do you think Cam Newton's done, by the way? I do. I think he's awful, but he might. I mean, I do like the fact that they're at least waiting till he's one hundred percent healthy because he's useless unless he can run. Yeah. If he can, you know, use that dual threat. If he has the deep arm, if he he hasn't had the deep ball because of the shoulder, and then he, there's some lower leg thing going on too. It's like, why have this guy out yeah. there when he's the a only bad passer and he can't run. run? Exactly. There's no point in having him out there. So at least I'm also a bad passer out. who can't run. Yeah. Exactly. Bad passers who can't run are a dime a dozen, folks. Exactly. We can find them right here. There's two of them on this podcast right now. Absolutely. Uh, But ultimately, McCaffrey, I expect him to play this week. Uh, They're playing the London game, so 9.30 a.m. Make sure you wake up early on Sunday just to double-check that one. Uh, Make sure you have him ready to go for you. Uh, But ultimately, I also wanted to bring up the fact that uh, Reggie Bonifant, I think is how you pronounce the guy's name, but we didn't really know who was going to be the handcuff because McCaffrey just hasn't come off the field. We don't know who the backup was to him. But last week, uh, this guy, Reggie Bonifant, comes in, rips off a 59-yard touch touchdown in his limited touches gets up to 80 yards on five carries really sure. explosive looking guy and North Turner shouts him out this week says he's been the most improved player uh, more than anyone else on offense over the last year and a half so ultimately you know I don't think McCaffrey's going to miss this game but if you're a McCaffrey owner and even if you're not this is the type of league wing and handcuff if anything God forbid ever happened to McCaffrey and the world ends Reggie Bonifant would be right into that you know invaluable nerve Turner just pounding it with one guy I imagine that become a little more committee based and they might, you know, sign someone off the street still, but the guy's explosive and, and has a, a great role that could potentially become his if doom does strike. So I think he, you know, everyone recognizes Malcolm Brown and all these other guys and great offenses behind workhorses, but nobody knows this guy right now. He's only 6% owned. Definitely an intriguing stash. If you got some bench trash to cut. And of course this hypothetical scenario by the wolf that as post apocalyptic, as he says, the world ends, uh, this of course <laughs> assumes that, the world ends, but somehow Reggie Bonifant survives. 
Um, exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> no one else. Hey, but, hey, been brave Ben. They're the only two right, making it. Roethlisberger, <laughs> although he's hurt though, so you still think I think Reggie's probably still going to get MVP. The best bet. Yes, exactly. All right, I don't even know what Reggie Bonifant looks like, but I'm picturing him with like a chainsaw, just like cutting through well, zombies. He's, I mean, he's like, going to survive, and then like you know, yeah, the, exactly. He can survive like a ten nuclear blasts or whatever. He certainly can run the ball for the Panthers <laughs> if McCaffrey's been killed in <laughs> exactly. the carnage. Right. There's nobody left on earth. He just walks into a football stadium and runs like a. 100 yards down the field and my fantasy team gets all the points right trent dilfer comes back wins another super bowl yeah. <laughs> right. christian kirk limited participant in practice on wednesday for that vaunted air raid offense that we've all heard so much about you think he's gonna go it seems like it, uh, especially if he's getting limited sessions in this early, an ankle injury that looked pretty gruesome when it happened, but ultimately wasn't all that serious that, you know, if it was a playoff game, they could have might maybe would have played last week type of injury. So I think he'll be out there. And obviously uh, it's intriguing in a matchup that has one of the highest point totals, I think 51 and a half. Uh, only the, that Houston, Kansas City style shootout has a higher point total uh, between them and Atlanta, both bad defenses with potentially explosive pass attacks. We still have haven't seen that air raid truly test teams deep and really go after it seems more like the horizontal raid than anything but christian kirk had been racking up you know 14 10 whatever amount of targets because they throw the ball so damn much so if he plays in that shitty ass matchup i think christian kirk has to be in lineups for most part all right blast from the past hunter henry uh he's already (laughs) suffered he got it out of the way early this year suffering the devastating injury that you know is going to kill every fantasy owner that decided they were going to go all in on this unbelievable talent. But he is a limited participant at practice on Wednesday. I don't know. Is he going to come back this week? And should we care? I doubt this week. I don't know. It seems a little early because he's just starting to get practicing, just starting to get warmed up. But I do think we should care for sure. I think you know this offense has long relied on tight ends. There's some crazy stat. I forget off the top of my head, but Philip Rivers had like thrown 40-something percent of his passes to tight ends in the red zone over the last couple seasons. And so Hunter Henry returning on a team that's very devoid of weapons right now. I mean, when Austin Eckler has to catch 15 passes and set franchise records, you clearly need some new weapons over the middle of the field uh you need red zone options as well when you can only score what like 10 points against the fucking pathetic broncos so i mean hunter henry could be stepping into that number two wide receiver role mike williams hasn't really thrived at all so again at one of the worst positions in the league this guy was drafted as a top five tight end for a reason he's only 47 percent owned right now so if you went for that herndon stash maybe double check and see is hunter henry actually there that's who i hate cut herndon for earlier today which made me even think about adding hunter henry to the agenda definitely a guy i just always loved and i think could you know have a nice little second half of the year a rare defensive player getting some play here on the pod Jalen Ramsey back injury was a limited participant at Wednesday's practice at all can't tell if he's even hurt I mean the guys come up with every possible reason to not practice and not play and not travel whatever Um, is this a big deal I think it is because when they go from him to Trey Herndon, an undrafted free agent rookie who's been getting just dusted week in and week out, that becomes you know shootout style offense. So not only is it important for whoever's facing the Jaguar, uh, Jaguars, so Teddy Bridgewater this week, that big dick could get whipped out yet again for four touchdowns like last week. If Ramsey's not there, much more upside to streaming Teddy Bridgewater. Also, of course, the wide receivers, Mike Thomas, uh, whoever else you know would have been matched up against Jalen Ramsey as a much rosy outlook but then for the Jags they now have to keep more of a pace without Ramsey they were seeing Gardner Minshew uh, Gardner Minshew the the man the myth the legend I can't believe we've never even really talked about Gardner Minshew on here because I fucking love the guy 
uh, all the stories you hear about him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he now has more upside if Ramsey's out there because they're going to have to keep pace with an offense that's putting up more points. Uh, so ultimately, Jalen Ramsey's impact would be great for not only the other team's offense, but also his own. All right, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports oh, that this stopped the presses, everybody. Case Keenum <laughs> expected to start week six against the Dolphins. And you say to yourself, like, when you have a gauntlet of quarterbacks that include Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, and Dwayne Haskins, how do you pick every week? It's just uh, it's, it's like great picking talent. between, like, you know, Lincoln, Jefferson, and Washington and saying, like, who's the best president? Like, who the hell knows? <laughs> I mean, you just like, you know, pick a number, any number. You're a winner every week, no matter what. Colt McCoy, Case Keenum, and Dwayne Haskins on the same roster. You look what at that, you look at, you look at Bridgewater, you look at uh, Brissett and Brady and Garoppolo, and you say, shit, like the Redskins should awful, be 5 yeah. and 0 right now, not 0 and 5. Like, that's just bad coaching <laughs> if you can't win with those guys. <laughs> Seriously, uh, the only re- the only reason I have Case Keenum's awful yeah, name. Yeah, what the hell are you doing it? taking up time on the podcast? That's not sarcastic. Is because you're not ever starting him, no doubt about it. But against the Dolphins, no, Terry no, McLaurin sure had 20, 15, and 16 points with Keenum as his quarterback. He gets his boy back for a week against a very pathetic Dolphins team. Uh, I think Terry McLaurin's value gets a nice little rosy uptick with Case Keenum out there. Okay, that's fine. That's all we're saying there about you the go. Redskins quarterback <laughs> that's all I merry-go-round. All right, and you know, also now we're going to talk about a right tackle. But only because, only because it affects the 49ers. Pretty decent running game, actually. Uh, right tackle, Same. Mike McGlinchey, due to a knee injury, he's going to be out four to six weeks. Obviously, this is going to affect the running game. We saw the running game kind of explode. Tevin Coleman and Matt Breda both had big games on Monday night against the hapless Browns. Do the Browns suck? They're the most overrated team I think I've ever seen in my life. I, I, could they get it together? They have the talent to. I think. Have, have you Kitchens seen their line? Blows. I mean, their line's terrible, right? I mean, just awful. And, and Baker can't throw behind. I mean, he's we'll see if he can man. throw behind a good line. I don't know, but he's he is proving to me he cannot throw behind a bad line. He has regressed considerably. I do think the line and Freddie Kitchens aren't doing him any favors, but we can't just sit here and pretend Baker is the quarterback we thought he was going to be this year. Not even close. So, yeah, I, I think he's pretty shitty. Uh, but ultimately, the 49ers have not been shitty, and a huge part of that is they, they really beefed up both trenches. And I always have been a huge believer that the game is won and lost on the lines. And Mike McGlinchey, uh, their first-round pick just a couple years ago, a huge athletic freak, a huge size that was perfect for that zone block scheme of Shanahan, we're seeing it executed to a, a rate we've never seen between both running backs, between both linemen fitting in perfectly, and losing this guy who, who's been a key cog into this, uh, performing at such a high level that it is. They're running the, the ball 57% of the time. They're obviously going to continue to try to do what's working, but it's going to be uh, you know less gaping holes that, that we've been accustomed to watching these guys pave here. So I think it is big news, especially the fact that it's going to be not just a one-week thing, but four to six weeks. Uh, that's, that's a pretty tough blow for a line that's been one of the best in the leagues they've now lost use chuck for a bit of time they're they're big you know bouldering fullback they lost left tackle joe staley for a bit and now this guy so i mean those are probably the three biggest key cogs in terms of blocking are now out so you know as good as this run game has looked maybe that gives you a little window to sell high because they're going to be without these blockers for a, a solid third or so of your fantasy season uh, just getting back to the browns one more time Baker Mayfield, the big comparison that people seem to lay on him coming out was Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Dude, Russell Wilson is 10,000 times as good as Baker Mayfield. It's not even I mean, Russell Wilson is nasty good. Nasty yeah. good. Like, I mean, like, 
to me, it's him and Mahomes are like the yep. two best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I mean, I don't know. Yep. I mean, and you know, if you said, I mean, Mahomes can obviously do flashier stuff than anybody, but man, if you said to me, like, you got to win one game, you know, it would, it would be hard to go against Wilson right now. I mean, he's yeah. freaking amazing. The guy's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. That throw yeah, the lock in the back of the end zone, dude, that was nasty. <laughs> the, the way he can put the ball like is like no other. And it's just a shame that he's stuck on such a run-heavy team because I think that guy could put up like Mahomesian numbers oh, yeah. if he had Andy Reid as his coach, no doubt about it. He's such a great runner too. Like, I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, he's not like – they're kind of like not running on purpose. But like when he gets mm-hmm. out of the pocket and stuff, it's like – it's funny. You see Baker get Definitely. flushed out of the pocket. It's like, okay, Baker's going to get sacked. See him mm-hmm. run out of the pocket, you're like, he's going to go for 15. So yep. I don't know. Anyway, Russell Wilson's amazing. That was the best pick I made in my hometown league. I got him, I think, in the eleventh round. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Crushing it. Yeah. Higher, lower, Hail Mary. We're gonna go with quarterback. Guy, you're higher on than most. Kirk Cousins playing the Eagles. You got him as your QB ten. That's four spots higher than the experts. Just wanna say also that if you had said to me, Who is your lock last week for a guy that will definitely have a big game? Like one hundred percent, I would have said Adam Thielen. And he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, yeah, you know, the guy basically is like, come on, you chicken shit, throw me the ball. And he's like, I'm really sorry, buddy. I'll throw you the ball. And I was just like, he's going to have at least two <laughs> touchdowns. And he did. Anyway. Uh, and I he sh- did. Yeah, he did. It was, a, it was a pretty easy call. Anyway, Kirk Cousins, you got him four spots higher than the experts. You like him just because the Eagles suck? Because he sucks. Uh, pretty much. On the secondary, they're absolutely horrendous. Kirk Cousins does suck. But fresh off, as you mentioned, a 300-yard day, multi-score day, and in a game that should stay more competitive than what this Giants game uh, scored. And plus, Kirk Cousins just – it seems to me like he's at home facing these NFC East awful secondaries because that's what he was so used to in Washington. He gets right back here to a Philly team where he's averaged well over <laughs> 300 yards facing him. I definitely think he hits 300 yet again. Maybe this is the week Diggs finally gets that squeaky wheel greased – you know Adam Thielen's been doing his thing, too. I just also like the fact that Carson Wentz can keep this game much more competitive than Daniel Jones did. So especially given that their run defense is so strong, Philly, it's one of those things that there's a few defenses here that are just so lopsided between their run versus their pass. And Philly's definitely one of them in terms of the strongest run D in the league, but one of the worst secondaries. I think Cousins can actually light him up this week. Well, a guy you're lower on, we've also kind of talked about this, Aaron Rodgers against Detroit. This has been a recurring theme week after week. And this is actually not a condemnation of Aaron Rodgers, his ability or his talent. It just seems like, you know, people are just overvaluing him because of his name. And it's not like the guy's not, he's, you know, he's probably one of the best three quarterbacks in the NFL, four, five, whatever. I mean, he's one of the top guys still. But, I mean, they had an absolutely dominant game last week, and he didn't throw a touchdown. And they, and they, you know, his, and why bother if you don't have to? I mean, that kind of reminds me of Brady. Obviously, we've seen Brady score, throw a million touchdowns, but we've also seen him just be like, well, I don't care about my stats. I'm just going to hand mm-hmm. the ball off and do it. Rodgers has been doing that. Seems fair to me. You've got him at 17. Experts still have him at 9. Very similar to last week. You just talked about kind of the constant overvaluing. Uh, anything else to add to that? It almost feels like cheating because, I, like I said, it was my guy last week, and it's almost everything you said there. It's just become a run-heavy offense, and they're so dominating. If it's not broke, why are they going to suddenly fix it? Right. Only in you know shootout-style games against weak secondaries, and I don't see that brewing here against Detroit. So it, it seems like everyone's still just going all in on that name value. But now it's been four out of five weeks. He's been under 230 passing yards, under 15 fantasy points, just continues 
continues to get overpicked because of his name value, I'm not big on Rodgers this week now. And another, really any week. Another guy that we've talked uh, – he's going to blow up a couple times this year. But, he will, but I think it's going to be pretty predictable when it's going to be a shootout-style game, You know, when they're going to need him to really light it up in the air. I don't see that being the case against Detroit. Do you think Devontae Adams is going to end up with big numbers by the end of the year? And See, I, I do, and that's why I think Rodgers is going to end up. I think he's going to end up fine. I don't think he's going to be a top five guy, but and, I think he's going to be. And that was a one of my talking points too. Is I, I don't think Adams is going to play this week, and when he has those limited weapons, then that's when they feature Aaron Jones, and that becomes even more of the centerpiece. So, just another reason to not like Rodgers this week. All right, Hail Mary. This is another guy we've talked about, Teddy Big Dick Bridgewater, playing yeah. against Jacksonville. You got him as your QB eighteen, five spots higher than the expert, only seventeen percent owned right now. Seems a bit low for a guy like Teddy who's rattling off wins here and, you know, throwing for some serious passing yards. What do you think? I mean, last week he was throwing the ball deep a lot more than he had in the previous weeks. I think that's the the key here is he wasn't that appealing in fantasy, and apparently people are still believing that because they were just like, go manage the game. We'll win it with Kamara. We'll win it with our defense. Uh, But they finally opened up the offense with Teddy Bridgewater, and he showed he can sling it down the field. 314 yards, four TDs, you know, uh, over, you know, 30 fantasy points. The guy can get it done. And what I like about this matchup, I mean, obviously Ramsey's availability is going to impact that. If he plays, I'd probably drop Bridgewater to my QB 20-ish range. But not a ton much lower because even with Ramsey, this team has been very susceptible to pass catching running backs. And there's not one better than Alvin Kamara in the league. I see him ripping at least one humongous screen off during this game. I can see them still peppering the ball deep. Mike Thomas has just been doing his fucking thing. So with these type of weapons and behind one of the best offensive lines in the league, I think Teddy Bridgewater is getting severely overlooked. And if you're desperate at QB, it would be a great play this week. Uh, just remember one more thing, and I promise this is the last thing I'm going to say about Baker Mayfield. What do you think about Richard Sherman? just like lying about him oh the handshake what do you think, yeah. what do you think? i mean like that was like classless i mean when i first read it i was like oh man baker didn't shake his hand then i saw like 10 articles in a row being like yeah he didn't it's right here on video and everybody can see it and sherman denied it right down to the time that they finally showed an actual video of him doing it even though there's all like sorts shake, of circumstantial yeah. evidence and obviously sherman knew that he did and he was just lying right. what's wrong with like isn't that just a dick move Completely. Yeah, I'd be why Baker's getting shit on his nuts already. Team why got why do we need to I mean, him? Baker yeah. got killed. What are you doing? And he wouldn't shake my hand. It's like he shook your hand. He was like, he wouldn't like didn't shake hands with George Kittle. It's didn't like shake a he hugged George yeah. Kittle. I saw it on video. Uh, I just so think stupid. that you know, I mean I gave Richard Sherman a little more credit for class than that. I guess I shouldn't have. Anyway. No. Running backs, guy you're hiring. I mean, I feel like we've talked about almost all these already. Le'Veon Bell gets Dallas. I mean, for a lot of the reasons that you gave before, talk about why he's the ultimate buy low. Right. So I already gave you why he's an ultimate buy low and why it starts this week is one. Dallas just got completely exploited by Aaron Jones and showed how soft this run D can be when you just pepper your running back. And I think Bell's an even better talent, maybe not as good of a line there. Obviously not the threat of Aaron Rodgers there, but still, I think Bell could definitely do similar things this week with a multi-score type of day. And then with Donald returning, you know, fire up that home crowd that really had nothing to cheer for. He had 20 fantasy points in his only game with Donald so far against a tougher Buffalo team. Team. Uh, despite that low 2.9 yards per carry uh, because of that stacked box. I mean, they literally had no one else to stop other than Le'Veon Bell. Now you finally got a little bit more of a threat at quarterback that can push the ball deep finally. He still was getting, you know, 16, 12, eight points, not bad efforts. I think he's going to be, you know, a true workhorse. We've seen the 18 carries a game, 7.7 targets per game, but now he's going to finally be in a setup where all that volume means a lot more because the, the threats all around him are finally there. So I think Bell has his best game of the season, goes for 
really you know, 25, 30 points this weekend. Well, you're a little lower on some guys that we love in general, or at least a couple mm-hmm. of them. Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette. I'm not going to say I love Fournette, but the other guys I yeah. definitely love. You're five or six spots lower on all those guys than the experts, the supposed experts. Why? Uh, it's a twofold thing here. One is this that classic script. We were talking about how there's some defenses in the league that are just so much dominant against one facet of an offense versus the other. And that's the, the case with these running backs. We talked about Philly. Dalvin Cook's going to be facing that brutal D-line this week that's been stemming every single running back they've faced. Nick Chubb, similarly against Seattle, they're much more exploitable with the pass than they are the run. And Leonard Fournette, same idea here. New Orleans giving up the 31st most points to running backs, but like the third most points to quarterbacks. It's just very clearly in those game scripts it's going to call for a pass heavier attack now all three of these guys are viable threats in their passing games but not like a Kamara or you know one of those elite McCaffrey style guys and beyond that there's just so many other guys I really love their matchups this week like carry on Johnson third most points to running backs against Green Bay Ingram facing Cincinnati that's going to be three touchdowns Aaron Jones somehow ranked below these guys in the ECR even after a four touchdown day and now getting Detroit giving up the fifth most points to running backs Henry the sixth most points against Denver just a lot of like lower key names, but just in such better uh, you know matchups that I think that's more p- important, especially at the running back position. Uh, so I'm a big fan of all those guys and not the matchups uh, compared to those bigger names. All right, hail Mary, man, you are digging deep on this one. Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson. Wow. <laughs> yep. Seven above the experts in your ranks this week. Uh, okay. I mean, I, things would have to be pretty bare in the cupboard, right? That's why it's a hail mary. <laughs> And I'm going to give you even deeper Hail Marys than them, but they're okay. facing Miami, and that means, you know, banging oh, that Can you wait for this Adrian game? Just, I'm, I'm, so, I'm honestly, I'm so psyched for this game. I'm probably just, just as psyched for that as I am for Deshaun against Mahomes. Seriously, I, right, I'm just like, like this is fantastic. Complete opposite ends of the spectrum there of like great offenses versus the worst type of offenses. Who do you we like in that game? I, I'll get it to Washington, and that's kind of why I like Adrian Peterson. I think, you know, defensive score, you know, Rosen gives it up early or whatever it might end up being. Uh, and then Adrian Peterson just kind of bleeds the clock. The guy has not looked at all explosive, has looked like sewage all year. But ultimately, this is the type of game where Adrian Peterson goes for like 130 and two scores. And I think Thompson also finds the end zone. Beyond them, you know, if they're, they're actually getting picked up pretty at a pretty rapid rate, both over 50% owned now. Latavius Murray's seen his ownership drop. I think he could find the end zone against the Jags or Rex Burkhead, only 24% owned on Thursday night football. With that rainstorm coming, uh, you know, they're not going to watch throw Sony to the Wolves there and have him tear something. So I could see Burkhead maybe finding the end zone as well. Yeah, when I played Little League Baseball when I was a kid, we were we were a terrible team. We, there were six teams in the league. You played them all three times. So you played 15 mm-hmm. games. And I just remember, like, we were 3-12. and 12. Like almost every year, because there was this one team, the Lions, that was just a little worse than us. And we would always look for the Lions on that schedule and we would knock them out. And, you know, those be our three wins. That's the (laughs) Dolphins for for Washington is what you're saying. Right. Washington uh, wide receivers. Uh, And speaking of Washington, Terry McLaurin, household name, Terry McLaurin playing at Miami. You got him as your wide receiver 20. That's actually a decent rank. Eight spots higher than the experts. We talked a little bit about how awful Miami is. I'm assuming there's really not much more to your argument than that. And as we mentioned, his boy Case Keenum's playing 21, 15, and 16 points when he's had Case Keenum at QB. He was averaging over 50% of this team's air yards and targets with Keenum in there. And now he gets the easiest matchup he's had all year. I think this is a definitely blow-up spot for Terry McLaurin. He's going to get deep for a score at least once this week. You also like DJ Moore playing the Bucks. Why? 
Uh, one, the Bucks suck, the fourth most fantasy huh? points huh? to wide receivers. The guy went nine for 89 against him last time. I think the only thing he didn't really do is find the end zone. He hasn't really gotten deep yet, and this is a team that you can absolutely bomb deep. Plus, with McCaffrey's back, just a little bit banged up, maybe that means a little more uh, usage for guys like DJ Moore, who can play a ton of that short, you know, chunk yardage game that McCaffrey dominates in, could become the more usage for DJ Moore. I think he blows up this week in London. Well, guy you're lower on, we talked about him earlier as well, Josh Gordon yep. against the Giants. We know about the weather. We know about, you know, the potential, you know, just a lot of question marks in the game plan as far as what's going on. But let's talk about something a little more just like, you know, close to home, which is like, is this guy still as great as we think he is? I don't think so. We've all been chasing the ghost of 2013 because uh, he's such a big body and he always was so, you know, Flash Gordon, the fastest guy out there. He doesn't look fast at all. He has looked tired every time he's ran a deep go, had to get pulled off the field. The guy doesn't seem like he's in game shape right now. I don't know if he's that good. And I'm a Patriots fan. And I would love to say you otherwise. Gordon, I know. I, I, you know, I, I wish he was still Flash Gordon, but I just think we continue to rank him as if he's this dominant guy. We have not seen this for like seven years at this point. So ultimately, you know, I, he hasn't been above wide receiver 28 this uh, yet this year. So despite the fact that it's such a great matchup, the weather and the fact that I just don't know if this guy's even that good anymore uh, have me definitely lower on Gordon than than most experts in the industry. Well, Hail Marys, we've already talked about Byron Pringle, who yep. you've got at wide receiver 47. That's 27 spots higher than the experts, so we don't need to talk about him anymore. But Kiki Cutie, mm-hmm. is that a Kiki Cutie sighting we have? 44 wide receiver, you got him nine spots higher than the experts. You're anticipating a shootout, and you think Cutie might be one of the guys that's reeling in some of those passes? I think so. Only 16% owned. Uh, I just could see that Kansas City defense really just putting the safeties back deep and trying their best to limit the speed of Fuller, the dominance of DeAndre Hopkins. And we've seen in games when that becomes that uh, the defensive plan, Kiki Cutie has those humongous 11-catch, most monster, insane days. He hasn't had even close to anything like that this this year. But had a nice you know 54-yard catch last week, up to 74 yards on the day. I could see him getting really sneakily involved. You obviously have to track Kenny Stills' progress. He was limited today in practice. If it becomes, you know, four weapons there then i don't know if cutie would actually see the volume to have one of those insane days but i like that i like him underneath this week i think you could really see a you know six to a hundred yard uh six catch hundred yard type day for cutie this is just a hunch i mean i have not this is nothing except just kind of a gut feeling similar to the one i had last week (laughs) i kind of feel like hopkins is going to have a big day here i I, Mm -hmm. similar to the similar to the Thielen game last week i I just kind (laughs) of think it's time and uh deandre hopkins is probably the best receiver in the NFL still. Still I mean, the guy hasn't done anything since week one. Uh, I don't really blame him for that at all. So anyway, he has some historically huge numbers against the chiefs too. So I'm I'm calling for two TDs from Hopkins this week. Definitely. So, I mean, I don't know. I would, you know, I I get the cutie call. I just, it might be too many mouths to feed. Um, All right. Uh, Guy you're lower on. Ah, Jesus Christ. OJ Howard against Carolina. How could you be lower like than, uh, you, than anybody you, on you anything. My, I mean, he's terrible. Uh, my tight end there. Austin oh, Hooper. sorry, Big sorry. Uh, tight end. I did skip one. Austin Hooper. You've got him. Uh, Arizona. You got him in tight end too. Really. Yeah, Jesus. yeah, tight end two. I mean, the guy's the tight end four or five on the season. So, I mean, he's been a beast. And now he gets by far his softest matchup because nobody's softer than Arizona. All those reasons we loved Eifert last week and he just fucking sucked. And it's Tyler Eifert. So, of course, he was going to suck. That was stupid of us. Hooper doesn't suck. He's in a huge high volume role this year. Seen like 11 targets. Suck, one weekend. 
Uh, the Falcons do suck, but Hooper's their guy. Dirk Cutter has always loved his tight ends, and now they get the softest matchup, 23 points to tight ends going into last week, uh, You know, almost a touchdown a game more than the next closest team. And Hooper's been exploiting much better defenses than this. I think he's getting into the end zone at least twice this week. All right, now, now let's get to we buried the lead there. O.J. <laughs> Howard, what is wrong with you, Wolf? Like uh, what? Sick I mean, dog, oh, man. Okay, all right. Like that's... two weeks. Yeah, my I'm almost over it. But when I get almost over the colds, that's when the asthma kicks in and I start to die. All right, that's fair. OJ yeah. Howard against Carolina, four spots lower than the experts. How can you only have him four spots lower than the experts? I, I would, I, whatever the maximum number of spots I could possibly have him, I, that's what I would have. I'd like to have him twenty spots below the experts. Um, he has seen twelve <laughs> targets this year. Twelve targets. That's only twelve more than me. Yeah. He sucks yeah. ass, man. <laughs> he is just taking ass cheeks and sucking upon them. Yes, Nat, I agree. He has been absolutely pathetic. Uh, he not Even worse, he gets a top five defense against tight ends this week. So I expect that slump to just continue. He has not scored once. His season high is eight fantasy points on the year. Uh, off Fresh off a 1.5 day. Just not a part of Bruce Arians' offense, which I thought he'd have the verticality after averaging 16.6 yards per catch uh, first two years. He's a beast, a mismatched nightmare. But for some reason, he's not being recognized by Bruce Arians at this point. And, and he's got it. I mean, I hate cut him. I would definitely send him to the waiver wire if there's better options. I know you said you, you wish you could have him even lower than this. Wait till you see some of the names I have ranked above no, him. It's I'm, like tight end is I'm such sure. a barren wasteland. It's like it's at a certain point you're like, OK, maybe Howard gets a touchdown. And that's why he's on this list. The real yeah, question it's, it's, is, has there ever been a tight end duo? that you personally hate more than Cameron Brait and OJ Howard. Like <laughs> no. as in like you know. you know, like have like just genuine personal animosity towards. They they've both on uh, separate seasons just been complete ass wipes. So no, I hate them both completely and right. utterly. Fair enough. Hail Mary, no offense for Denver. I mean, why should we care about anybody on Denver except maybe Philip Lindsay? Oh, Cortland yeah, Sutton actually is having a pretty Cortland good year. Cortland Sutton and Sanders aren't, aren't too bad either. But this is the week I think fan, you know, Tennessee's good against every single position on defense except the tight end. They've given up a TD every single week outside of one week to Austin Hooper. And he went off for 130 yards that week. So tight ends have had many 10-plus point, point days. And Fant has done absolutely nothing this year outside of a nice uh, screen touchdown against the Chargers. But that's where I see him ripping through this defense, uh, getting in for a score. I like Noah Fant to, to get a touchdown against this team that's been just destroyed by seam stretchers all year by the way very funny post by cj which i'm sure we probably got from somebody else but put it up about uh, on facebook maybe uh, 11 hours ago of oj howard making his first oh, yeah. catch of the year that was pretty hilarious first quality catch at a baseball game yep <laughs> right. good for you oj all right let's hit the mailbag real quick it's 802 uh in actual time uh, I'll wrap it fire. we want to watch yep. some survivor okay. no mailbag we usually go through pretty fast ham yeah. bone wants to know <laughs> would you play it my son is screaming in the background i apologize would you I play Hollywood or Mark Andrews over Lockett to team with Lamar in connection bonus league? Extra six points for each touchdown between teammates. What the hell is that? Uh, yeah, it's insane. And I love our guy Hambone, and he's he's told me about this scoring before. So essentially, not so only do you get those ten points for the hookup, you get sixteen points for a you know a connection, and he has Lamar Jackson. It's a big roast. So, Right? Exactly. A pig roast plus six points. Exactly. A six point pig roast bonus is what it should be called. Uh, and I, you know, as much as I love Lockett, I think he's my wide receiver 11 for the week. I love a good pig roast even more. And against we, Cincinnati, that is a team that willing to get put on the spit time and time again. So I, I have to go Hollywood Brown there. I think him and Lamar definitely hook up for at least one deep shot. You know what? We need to have a Rose Street Journal pig roast. 
We do. Like, yeah, seriously, that, we need to have a Rutter like, Street Journal pig roast. That would be yeah, awesome. Yeah, we're talking about the actual kind of pig roast, like a big pig on a spit, right? The Lord well, of the Flies at us. Sure. Or, or, or whatever. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, I just feel like it's a, a double meaning for us. So, I mean, we should yes. have a pig roast and we should all, I don't know. I, I see a lot of potential. We'll talk about that off the air. Pedro <laughs> Z, pick three. Zeke, Chubb, Aaron Jones, Mark Ingram. Wow. Holy uh, hell. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can tell you personally, I would, I guess, Ingram. Would yeah, I it's, Ingram? it's a tough one for me. I actually benched Chubb there. The hardest matchup of the three, Ingram facing Cincy is like too much yeah, touchdown. I didn't realize he was facing Cincy. Okay. Yeah, so it's, you know, out of those three, you got to go down to the matchup because all the talents are very similar. And to me, Chubb's got the worst matchup against Seattle. All right, Arian Magic. Interesting name. OBJ versus Seattle or Robert Woods versus San Francisco? I, I mean, neither matchup's great, yeah. so I'm still going to go and give OBJ another shot here and it blows up. Yeah, you got to. And I mean, if he doesn't do anything, it's not like we'd be shocked. All right. This James. one's an annoying question. That's way too much. Let's get rid of Next that one. one. All right. Uh, let's go to yeah. Alex. Man, we're taking questions from Alex again, huh? Finally Ma- allowed to. All right, Alex. Well, you're welcome in advance. Matt Ryan or Kyler Mercy or uh, Kyler Murray facing off with each other. I got to go Matt Ryan there. I yeah, think both too. of them. I think it's a blow up spot for both QBs. But give me the guy with the much higher floor and equal ceiling. That's Matt Ryan. Wild Spicy wants to know, would you <laughs> prioritize Pringle or Crowder for a stash off waivers? And if it's a one week thing, probably Pringle. But because he says stash there season long, I really like Crowder. Again, I can't get that 17 target day out of my head. Uh, so if I'm trying to own just one person, see what happens. He has the much higher ceiling for the entire season. Steve wants to know, would you trade Cal- uh, Travis Kelsey for Mike Evans straight up if you were the one receiving Evans? No, no way at all. That edge at tight end is way too valuable, especially with Evans being as inconsistent as he's been. Give me Kelsey all day. Payson or Packin or however the hell you pronounce this, Noah Fan or Vance McDonald, had Herndon and Ingram both likely out now. Vance McDonald has really disappointed me this year. Horrendous bag of shit. Let's go with Fant, my, my Hail Mary stream of the week. I think he definitely gets in against Tennessee. All right. Chorizard wants to know Josh Gordon or Nicole Hardman. Wow, that's rough. That's tough. I mean, with the weather, the way it's looking, and I, I hate Gordon. I don't know. I probably still would go Gordon. I would there. go I Gordon, like, but like I would feel like I was higher. in a bad spot. And, and if the weather looks as bad as advertised tomorrow night, I, I reserve the right to flip those. But for right now, I'm going to go Gordon. Will wants to know Kenyon Drake or Joe Mixon PPR. That's like similar to like, have you ever had, um, have you ever had to throw up and had diarrhea at the same time? And you just got the toilet there and you got to choose like which one you got to choose. One of them's going in the toilet. One of them's going like all over the floor and yourself. You know what I'm talking about? I feel like yeah, that's kind of what this question that is. Situation, thank God. Like, I don't yeah. know how I've avoided it with the type I know, of shit. You I really, on. I would think that would, that would be like a monthly thing for you. Yeah, I know. Right. I, I'm not a big puker though. I don't puke too often. No, I haven't puked uh, in a yeah. long time. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, but, I mean, come on now. I, I know Joe Mixon's been shitty, but, like, Kenyon Drake, we've gotten that low here. No, I mean, Mixon's fresh off his biggest yard day of the year. Not a horrible matchup here. The talent levels just are too different there. It's not even a worlds near each other. It's got to be Joe Mixon. Last but not least, Joel Curry. Need to start two in PPR. Carlos Hyde at the Chiefs. Tevin Coleman at the Rams. AP at Miami. Jamison Crowder versus Dallas. 
Oh man, that's tricky. I think I'm definitely going Coleman is my favorite option. The Rams surprisingly give the eighth most points to running backs. Losing that right tackle does hurt, but I just love the way Coleman looked. He looked a step faster he than I remember. He actually looked really fast, didn't he? He did, didn't he? Yeah, he was zipping through that defense. The holes were just so wide open for him there. Uh, and But between the other guys, I mean, I really like the matchup of all three of them. I, I, I like Adrian Peterson and Hyde to both find the end zone, but for whatever reason, I just can't get Jamison Crowder's 17 target day out of my head in a full PPR setting I think I go Coleman and Crowder there I think I'd probably go Hyde and Coleman yeah but we'll see I mean it's not like I don't see the argument for Crowder I mean that's the way you beat Kansas City right is slowing down the game we saw it with Marlon Mack you gotta just pound your horse and hope he can rip it up and that defense is pathetic against the run so if if you know Bill O'Brien has any type of brains which he doesn't he does not Duke Johnson would be the big focal the fact that Duke Johnson doesn't get more touches I saw some absurd stat today that was like he's first in yards per catch second in yards per touch like third in yards per carry and he still hasn't gotten more than 10 touches in a single game this year it's like what the fuck did you trade for doesn't that remind you of like Aaron Jones like last year the year before exactly that's a great comparison yeah it's just been so mind-numbingly brutal all right that's it for the mailbag Wolf it's been fun any social media you want to pump before we take off I'll go quick for survivor's sake but this is of the rotostreetjournal.com where we feed and breed wolves make sure you check out the website even better check out our app RSJ or Roto Street Journal in your app store fantastic clean layout social media Roto ST Journal but also Roto Street Journal on all your others especially Facebook I want to pump because that's where we do a ton of our live shows and broadcasts and our community is just really engaged there one of my favorite spots to be for, for Roto Street Journal and me personally at Roto Street Wolf one last plug of course if if you're, you're local, try to show up to uh, Old Planners. It would mean the world if we've helped you at all and you're able to make it there. Uh, help us out and, and do us a solid, and let's get a great showing there and have a great Red Zone day. It's going to be a wonderful day, so so show up. That would be amazing to have you there if you're able to. Clegg, I expect you to fly in from uh, Australia for that one. Yeah, we will not be reimbursing you for your ticket, but we would no. greatly appreciate <laughs> it. Um, by the yeah. way, when we get an office building and stuff, uh, should we get a wolf? Yeah, pet wolf. I mean, at least like a husky, right? I mean, something, you know, we should, you talk about breeding wolves. Maybe we should breed wolves. I I can't, I can't see any way that that could possibly go wrong. Not at all. No, we're very responsible human beings. A wolf would be the perfect addition to it. Who would we have tend the wolves? CJ? Uh, I think we have to send duck to the wolf. That'd be my my call because wolves love ducks. Give him one of those like, uh, like kind of like metal gloves that he feeds them with. Like when you train attack yeah. dogs and they just are like constantly exactly. hanging off his forearm. Right. Anyway. And then we can, you know, duck's food source for that day could kind of depend on do you feed the wolf or not. Yes, you did. Okay. You can eat, you know, the scraps from the wolf. It's too bad we might. killed the intern. He would have been perfect for that. Exactly. Duck's the new intern now, though. All right. Fair enough. Duck, you heard it here <laughs> first. Once we hit it big, you're going to be uh, breeding wolves. I know Kirk, that wasn't the job you originally applied for, but uh, you're just going to have to roll with it. My name Said is Nat the Truth man. Jones. Yep, exactly. What'd you say? Sorry. I said, my name's Nat the Truth Jones, is what I said. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the wolf. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Always love you. See you guys. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. We stole the show. At least we stole the show. Straight ahead. Devlin. Second down.
Clemson football right there, folks.